Today is the first day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you. We've crossed the threshold into a brand new shiny, sparkly month. This is the last one of this year. So we have only a few precious weeks left in this year to tell the story of this year, the story of our lives, the story of God's faithfulness to us, and the story of our journey through the Bible together. December. Wow. Remember when we started this journey 11 months ago and just embarked on it and set sail? Now we're reaching our destination. And it won't be long before we can see land out in front of us. And we will come in for a landing in a month. But we're not there yet. We have lots to move through in the scriptures and certainly in our lives. And so even though we can look out into the future, let's stay here in the present in what's happening now. And our next step forward today in the scriptures leads us back into Daniel Today, Daniel chapter 8. In the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, had a vision after the one that had already appeared to me. In my vision, I saw myself in the citadel of Susa in the province of Elam. In the vision, I was beside the Ulai Canal. I looked up and there before me was a ram with two horns standing beside the canal. And the horns were long. One of the horns was longer than the other, but grew up later. I watched the ram as it charged toward the west and the north and the south. No animal could stand against it, and none could rescue from its power. It did as it pleased and became great. As I was thinking about this, suddenly a goat with a prominent horn between its eyes came from the west, crossing the whole earth without touching the ground. It came toward the two-horned ram I had seen standing beside the canal and charged at it in great rage. I saw it attack the ram furiously, striking the ram and shattering its two horns. The ram was powerless to stand against it. The goat knocked it to the ground and trampled on it, and none could rescue the ram from its power. The goat became very great, but at the height of its power, the large horn was broken off and in its place four prominent horns grew up toward the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came another horn, which started small but grew in power to the south and to the east and toward the beautiful land. It grew until it reached the host of the heavens, and it threw some of the starry hosts down to the earth and trampled on them. It set itself up to be as great as the commander of the army of the Lord. It took away the daily sacrifice from the Lord, and his sanctuary was thrown down. Because of rebellion, the Lord's people and the daily sacrifice were given over to it. It prospered in everything it did, and truth was thrown to the ground. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him, How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? The vision concerning the daily sacrifice the rebellion that causes desolation, the surrender of the sanctuary and the trampling underfoot of the Lord's people. He said to me, It will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary will be reconsecrated. 
While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one who looked like a man, and I heard a man's voice from the Ulai calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. As he came near the place where I was standing, I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision concerns the time of the end. While he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and raised me to my feet. He said, I am going to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath, because the vision concerns the appointed time of the end. The two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy goat is the king of Greece, and the large horn between its eyes is the first king. The four horns that replace the one that was broken off represent four kingdoms that will emerge from his nation, but will not have the same power. In the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, a fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue, will arise. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper, and he will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of princes. Yet he will be destroyed, but not by human power. The vision of the evenings and mornings that has been given to you is true. But seal up the vision, for it concerns the distant future. I, Daniel, was worn out. I lay exhausted for several days, and I got up and went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. First John 2, 1-17 My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in Him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. 
I am writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you dear children because you know the father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Psalm 120 A Song of Ascent I call on the Lord in my distress, and He answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What will He do to you, and what more besides, you deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the broom bush. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Proverbs 28, 25, and 26. The greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Okay, today is December 1st, right? So the first day of the last month of the year. So we are definitely on the home stretch. And we can be like, yeah, I'm going to finish the Bible and just kind of tune in half-heartedly and just move through it because it's Christmas time and the holiday season has so many festivities and activities and responsibilities and obligations. Or we can zoom in and say, wait a second, before this whole thing pulls me into a whirlwind and I don't wake up till January 1st, maybe I double down on what the scriptures are trying to teach me. Maybe I follow through with the scriptures and the scriptures say something very, very important today in our reading from 1 John because we're invited here on this first day of the 12th month to contrast the claims that we make with our mouths and the claims that we make with our lives, the actions of our lives. And this finds itself in complete harmony with the letters that we read from James and from Peter, John was teaching us today that the evidence for a claim of faith, like the mouth claim of a faith is words, but the evidence of that claim is a life that is transformed. Otherwise, the claim isn't true. John said it like this. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands 
is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anybody obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And we can see that John isn't speaking with nuance. Like, he's very direct about this. And why would he nuance this? This is the fundamental goal of our faith, that, that we might be transformed into the image of Christ. Right? That our lives would look like Jesus. That Jesus did the work that we could no longer do, and then he empowered us to be like him in this world. So that there isn't just one Jesus walking around, there's like two billion of them. And becoming Christ-like isn't just something that we can say, right? We know, like we can just look around the world at all kinds of things that claim to be of Christ and like Christ. And we can see clearly like, no, I've, I've read the scriptures. That doesn't look like Christ at all. So the claim... The mouth claim of faith in Christ doesn't work unless the life matches the claim. And this touches all of our lives. This isn't just about our relationship with God. It's about true relationships with everybody. John says this, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble but anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness they do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them i guess here's the deal at least at least for me i can stand up and say i know that's true i know that when there's animosity and bitterness and hatred towards some situation or towards some person for something and working through the process of that it is like walking around in the darkness is it not it is like walking around kind of blinded not being able to see clear like we can feel that it has taken over and so I read this from the scriptures and I say, yeah, that's true. Like I, that's born out to be true in my own life. And that may be true for you. But the, the point that John's making should stop us pretty quick. He's telling us your talk is cheap. You can claim whatever you want. But if what you say isn't in line with what you do, then you are not living truthfully. But then we have to wonder, like, why the constant battle toward what is false, right? Doesn't it seem like it would be so much better if everyone just lived true? If false wasn't even possible? Like, if we, if we weren't able to hide? There's a relief in that. Like, wow, there's, there'd be nothing to hide. It would just be what it is. Why do we get pulled toward what is false? John says it's because our trust is misplaced that we've put our trust in the world and when he's talking about the world he's not saying we've put our trust in planet earth he's talking about the world the system of the world that we are in the system of moving around and getting things done in this world is a system 
that exalts man, right? And that we're climbing a ladder or we're increasing in some way to exalt ourselves and every bit of marketing and every bit of products and services, everything is aimed at what we deserve and what we are entitled to. This is a system that exalts us as our own God and tells us that we are ultimately in control of all of our destiny. And God is not in that system. And so that's why these sensual cravings that he talks about, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride in our accomplishments and material possessions. If we're going to live in this kind of world system, then that's all there is. Like in that system, all the junk that we can accumulate, that's our heaven. And anybody who's accumulated enough stuff knows that the shine wears off and it's nothing but obligation and responsibility to maintain all the garbage of the world. What if there was freedom from that? Because if, if we're going to, if we're going to chain ourselves to that, then John's saying the light isn't in us and the claims of faith that we are making are not true. So, we're headed this month to a day of celebration, the arrival of the Savior. Let's examine ourselves as we move toward that day. Let's examine ourselves as we move through this season of celebration. Are our words and our deeds in line because we'll find out pretty quick where our insecurities are and where we think that we need to be the God of our lives and we'll also find where we're looking to the world to fill a void that ultimately can only be filled with the truth and with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and so we find ourselves in pride and selfishness, we surround ourselves with possessions to mask the emptiness, and it only leads to a complete dismantling eventually, because that life will not work. John's challenging us to pull away from a system that is fading away and that will never deliver, and realize that we've been given more than the world could ever offer. We've been invited into eternal life with God. Let's embrace that and bring our mouths and our actions into alignment. And Holy Spirit, we invite you into that. We, every single one of us are guilty. That doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. We're all guilty of our actions and our words being misaligned. Holy Spirit, come. You are the only hope. You are the only one. Bring the truth into our lives, into the shadowy areas, into the basements, into the attics and closets and under the rugs and shoved underneath the sofas. We have everything looking right. But if everything were seen, it's not. Come, Jesus, help us become true. 
we ask in your name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. The Daily Audio Bible app puts that in the palm of your hand and you can download that from the app store that works with your device. It's Christmas time around here, so a couple of things. The Daily Audio Bible annual family Christmas party is coming up in a couple of weeks and so you can call in your Christmas wishes, Christmas greetings to the community here that you've been traveling with all of this year. Our Christmas party is one of my favorite things. I get some coffee or cocoa or something and I love it. And so looking forward to that. The way that you call in your Christmas greeting is the same way that you call in a prayer request or encouragement. You can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that is the prayer request and encouragement line. It's just the Christmas line as well for this couple of weeks. There's just a couple of rules. Just call in once. Call in one Christmas greeting. We're going to have a lot of them that come in each year. And uh, if you have a prayer request as well as a Christmas greeting, this is the rare time where you can make a couple of calls. Don't, don't put a prayer request and a Christmas greeting in the same call. We won't have a place to put that. Make those separate. So that's the thing. That's the, I guess, the rules about, about the Christmas party coming up. And make sure that you participate so that everybody gets to hear everybody. And then we get to have a family Christmas party. The other thing about Christmas is uh, we're moving in 2024 next year into a new home at some point in the year. Brand new architecture, brand new infrastructure, brand new app, brand new everything. And uh, so we've been in development for a couple of years on that. This year, we don't have a Christmas box. We've taken all of the different music from the Daily Audio Bible that you hear underneath the Daily Audio Bible and pressed the music onto different vinyl albums. So there's the Sleep album, came out last year. There is uh, the Heart, Songs for the Heart album. There is Family Christmas. There is the music from the Promised Land films, which I'm listening to that underneath me right now. And then there is my son Maxwell's album that we released last year called Christmas Time. And so we have pressed each of these onto beautiful vinyl packaging with uh, with uh, colored vinyl. And so just everything about them is made to be tactile and like a commemorative, something to hold on to. And the packaging is beautiful. And so that's what we have for Christmas. Anybody who participates in getting one of those projects or all of those projects will send out the annual Daily Audio Bible Christmas ornament with the word for the year, which was expand on it and that will come along with these projects and you can find them in the daily audio bible shop whether you use the web or the app just go to the shop and look for the christmas section and you will find them there and thank you profoundly for for your partnership as we move into new territory in the coming year and if you want to partner with the daily audio bible as we reach the end of the year and as you consider your charitable giving, thank you humbly, profoundly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. 
Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement or holiday greeting, you can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Salutations, my dad family. This is his little songbird from Alberta, Canada. And eyes of a dove, I'm praying for you. And I recently came across a song by... Um, Maverick City, I believe. And it's called Fear Is Not My Future. The lyrics to the to the chorus are Fear is not my future. You are, you are. Sickness is not my story. You are, you are. Heartbreak is not my home. You are, you are. Death is not the end. You are eyes of a dove. I lift you up today to our Father God. Lord, I place her in your hands and I ask that you would please pour out your peace upon her. Soothe that big fuzzy nerve that she's got right now, not knowing what the diagnosis may be. Lord, I ask that this joy would fill her cup to overflow and just wrap your arms around her and give her your comfort, Lord, so that she would know that no matter what, you have not fallen off the throne. This in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, eyes of a dove. God loves you more. Hello, family. This is Eunice calling from Maryland. I just want to thank God for family and for such a long time. The relationship my husband and I have had with our two sons have been extremely strained because they weren't living for God. And we prayed desperately. And in less than six weeks, we are just watching God do a tremendous transformation to the family. And we know that ultimately to him. So I'm calling to just praise God and thank you all for just praying for one another. And so I like to pray for family. Lord God, we thank you for families. You are the one that established and ordained family. And so there's hurting parents all over the place because of their wayward sons or daughters. And God, you told us to train them in a way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. So Lord God, help us not to be weary and well-doing because you said we shall reap if we faint not. Continue to pray, Mom. Continue to pray, Dad. That son, that daughter is going to be returned. Whether we see it or not, God can't lie. So God, just continue 
to work in each one of us to be loving and thoughtful. And when you give us words to say, help us to say it and season it with grace. And we just thank you for all things. Have a good day, family. Bye-bye. Morning, DAB family. This is Annie. A call from my brother a couple months ago. I also just wanted to say thank you so much for praying for him. And I see the miracles working in his life every single day. I also came here to talk about my 98-year-old grandma who is currently suffering in the hospital since last night. I really, really love my grandma so much and I don't want her to leave me yet. So, a DAB family, I am praying. I am praying myself. And I also wanted you guys to continue praying for my grandma who goes by the name Almanita. I, I, I really love my grandma. I know you guys must love your grandparents, so please protect, please, um, but please pray for her. And I ask that you guys can pray for her and everything. Hello, Dabbers. This is Christopher in the Pretzel City. I want to thank you for your prayers for my daughter so far. Uh, her surgery went well. Um, please continue to pray as we are still waiting for pathology to come back. And uh, we are trusting God in that regard for a good report. Um, I want to say a couple of things to brothers who called in. Um, Serene Ghost, I want to commend you for the way you are approaching your wife with mercy. And we are praying for both of you. And Kyle from Pennsylvania, uh, thank you for the praise report about baby Riley. And we're going to keep praying that her little heart becomes stronger every day. Uh, take care, y'all. I will update you when pathology comes back. And let's get ready for a beautiful season um, of our Savior's birth. Take care. <laughs> 